0: You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This is a year with a difference. And we want to see our lives change. But what difference have you seen and what changes have you made in your life that it can actually be changed? Remember, we come from a place of unrighteousness. And we're now in righteousness. But if you're still holding on to those things of the past, how will you ever be able to move on? There's many people in the Bible, if you look at them, they found themselves in very difficult situations. Unfair situations. Not treated the right way. The start in life was very difficult. Difficult. But yet somehow they made it to the top. It was Joshua and Caleb who had a different spirit that said, we be well able. Winning success does not start on the outside. It starts on the inside. Knowing that you are linked up with God. When you know that you are linked up with God, there's always hope. A person who puts his hope in God always finds hope. There's always hope for those who place their hope, their trust in God. So whatever situation you are facing, you don't have to feel hopeless. Your prayer can be, Holy Spirit of hope, forgive my self-pity. We can so very quickly find ourselves in a position of self-pity. Why me of all these troubles? Why me of all these challenges? Why me of all these difficulties? Whereas there are many people who are ready to jump into your shoes right now. I think the saddest thing that I've seen in life is when people find themselves in difficult situations. And they stay in those difficult situations. They don't move on. Everybody faces challenges. But don't stay in your challenges. Remember, sometimes you have said to yourself, I'm going through a difficult time. The focus is. Going through. Go through it and move on. Don't stay in it. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 1 verse 18. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. This was how Jesus, God's anointed one, was born. So this is God's highly favored one, Jesus Christ, This is how he was born. His mother Mary had promised Joseph to be his wife. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Her fiance, Joseph, was a good man full of integrity and he didn't want to disgrace her. But when he learned of her pregnancy, he secretly planned to break the engagement. While he was still debating with himself about what to do, he fell asleep. And had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him in a clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate. Take Mary into your home as your wife, because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Savior, for he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. The truth is, Mary, a virgin, was pregnant at a young age without being married. I think in those days it was even worse not being married and she fell pregnant. It was a disgrace. The way people would view it, even Joseph, who had the expectation to marry her, to have children with her secretly planned to break off the engagement. Because his expectation was, I'm going to marry her, she's going to have my children. Now she's pregnant and I know it's not me. Let me just break it off. Can you see Jesus' life when it started off was not so colorful, was not so great. People were gossiping, people were saying things. It was through the things that he suffered that he learned obedience, how to walk with God. But Jesus made a decision to move on. So bring me to our sermon topic. It's time to move on. Jesus did. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to move on. Tell them again, say, it's time to move on. Don't let situations and circumstances dictate your direction. Many people through expectations that they have, have hindered what God wanted to do in their lives. Imagine if Joseph through the expectation that he had, this is the woman that I'm going to marry. I'm going to be the first one to be intimate with her. She's going to have my children. It's going to be the firstborn should be mine. And he could have broken off that engagement because of the expectation. But when the Holy Spirit spoke to him, he obeyed immediately. What are the expectations in your life that is hindering you from moving on? It's time to move on, Jesus did. Many people in their careers cannot move on because they've got so many expectations that they've placed upon the company, upon their supervisor. Upon their boss. If he does not do this, he must do this, he must do this. And every day you walk in there expecting these expectations to be filled and none of those things materialize and you get offended more and more and more. Many people cannot move on in their relationship with family members, even with their spouse, with their wife, with their husband, because of expectations. Have an expectation your wife must be like this. She must do it like this. Some of you have expectations of what your husband should be like. Some of you that are not married, you have expectations of what he should look like, what he should do, how he should look, what he should wear, what he should drive, where he should work. An angel out of heaven would not qualify. And you wonder why after 30 years you're still single. Because there is not just a person like that that you want. You're waiting for Mr. Perfect. There's no such thing as Mr. Perfect. You're waiting for Mrs. Perfect. There's no such thing as Mrs. Perfect. And you cannot move on. Because of all these expectations that you've placed upon family members, upon your spouse. Remember it was John the Baptist that had the expectation that Jesus should come take him and get him out of jail. Because remember, he knew that he was the anointed one. He heard the voice that said from heaven, this is the one in whom I'm well pleased. This is my son. He had the revelation to say, this is the lamb of God. I'm not worthy to tie the laces of his sandals. He knew this was the one who the spirit of God rested upon because he saw the spirit of God coming down like a dove. And he knew scripture that said, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. To set the captives free. Jesus, come get me out of jail. I've been taken captive. What is the message Jesus sent to him? He says, go tell him I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. The blind are seeing. The captives are being set free. The lame are walking. Tell John. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. See the expectation you have of what I should do, I'm doing it. But I'm not doing it the way that you think I should do it. Let go of your expectation. You're going to get offended. Many of you come to church and you say, I'm coming to church today, Lord. When I come here, the pastor should make eye contact with me. When he sees me, you should say, good morning. After the good morning, when he starts preaching, the Spirit of God should come upon him and he should give me a word. The word should be, your husband is this or this, or your wife is this. And you sit here with your arms folded. And afterwards you say, Spirit of God is not in that church. That pastor didn't hear what God was saying to him, I told God what he must tell the pastor to say to me. And you leave offended, yeah? I'm never coming back to this church. Hello, let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here this morning. <laughs> it's time to move on. Jesus did. If you want a word from God, He sent His word. And it manifested here on earth. And we could see its glory. Every time, every time you need a word, just read the word. And you'll find God speaking to you. You think you're reading this word, but the word is reading you. Now you're in a relationship with Jesus. Otherwise, you're in a relationship with a prophet. And a prophet cannot save you. If a prophet could save you, Jesus would not have come. That's why you're running... From conference to conference, looking for words, and it's misdirecting you. How is it that I could stay for 10 years, go for 10 years to a prophet, and not receive a word, a prophetic word, but be satisfied and content? Why? Because every time I listen to a sermon, or I read an MPG or a sermon of him, I take it. God is speaking to me. Because when you know a man's word, you know a man's character. And when you know a man's character, that person becomes predictable. So every time I listen to this word and I know it comes from a prophet, I took that message as a prophetic message for my own life. And I aligned my life with that prophetic message. So although you heard 10 years later, a prophetic utterance from a prophet, he had been prophesying to me for 10 years, every time I studied a sermon, every time I listened to a message or a sermon I took that word as if God was speaking to me and that word became a prophetic message for my life now I'm not running somebody said to me share the secrets of your life with the people because many men of God want to keep it to themselves I'm sharing the secret now when you read this word take it as if God is speaking to you a message like today take it as a prophetic word to align your life move on jesus did the things that are keeping you back let it go ask yourself what's keeping you back some of you are angry with family members a brother from 30 years ago you've never moved on the only thing you're remembering is we don't talk to each other but you don't know you don't know why we don't talk to each other now even your children don't talk to those family members But they don't know why we don't talk to those family members. They just don't talk to family members. One of the greatest gifts God has given us is the freedom to make choices. You can decide to let go of things or not let go of things. Stop blaming your situation or your circumstances. Nobody said amen. 1 Chronicles 4 verse 9 and 10. Jesus never repeated any of his sad stories. Many of you have repeated your sad story so many times, it's become a part of you. That's how people know you. Oh, this is the one with the sad story. Start repeating the good things that God has planned for you. 1 Chronicles 4 verse 9, it says, Now Jabez was more honorable than all his brothers. And his mother called him Jabez because she bore him in pain. The day he was born, he gave his mother so much pain. That she called him he who causes pain. JBS means he who causes pain. He had no control over his situation, his circumstances. I mean, what is a child, what can a child do at the day when they are born? Nothing. But he caused his mother so much pain, she called him he who causes pain. Who of you would let your children play with he who causes pain? Who wants to go play with he who causes pain? No, 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 just stay here. Don't worry, my child. Just stay here with me. Leave him alone. The poor guy's situation from being a child he who causes pain but the bible says he called upon the god of israel he said that you would indeed bless me enlarge my territory be with me let your hand be over me and let me not cause pain and the bible says god granted him his petition he said you may call me he who causes pain But I'm moving on. I'm not staying here. You may label me. And from birth, this is the label that they've played. I'm not staying here. I'm moving on. Jesus moved on. I'm not talking about the pain that I caused my mother. I was not there. It was situations and circumstances. I'm not talking about it. God, I'm calling upon you. Change my situation and my circumstances. Bless me. Now suddenly, a person that's been labeled, you don't have any money. That family has never had a checkbook in their entire life. They've not even had a bank account. See that person calling upon the name of God. Now suddenly they're doing EFTs and saying, let's build a church. Let's open a clinic. Not looking at their situation and their circumstance because they've moved on. Some families have been labeled. Great, 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 great grandfather was a drunkard. The grandfather was a drunkard. The father is a drunkard. The son is a drunkard. The grandchild is a drunkard. Now you have one of them saying, yes, all of them has been drunkards. God, help me. Deliver me. I don't want to be a drunkard. I'm not going to look at my situation and circumstances. I'm moving on. Like you moved on, I'm moving on now you suddenly see one person that fears god that serves god things change stop blaming your situation and your circumstances stop blaming and saying i don't have an education peter was not an educated man but the lord used him to minister to the jews educated people what was their reply what was their response they could perceive that he had been with jesus he said, "Where did they get? Where did they get this wisdom? Where did they get this understanding? Where did they get this knowledge? Where did they get this fear of the Lord?" Isaiah says, "Upon him will rest the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of the fear of the Lord." And suddenly, as somebody that's uneducated that's walking with the Lord with the spirit of God upon them, can be a successful businessman. And not say, oh, I don't have an education. I come from a place where there's no opportunities. When you walk with God, a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before kings. When the Lord is leading you and guiding you, you don't blame your situation and your circumstances. You move on. Amen? If public speaking was the criteria for me to be a pastor, I would never have qualified. I was never a natural public speaker telling you now at the same speech from standard six to metric my legs shaked the first time they put me on a stage to take up an offering my legs were shaking i was stuttering i was like in myself i did not have that ability i had to rely much more on god even now when i preach my prayers lord let people hear your voice upon my voice because what do i have to say i've come to touch your face before i touch your people because if i touch you with a natural hand what can happen nothing we need god more than what we realize many people can preach intellectual sermons that make sense but it does not change you. you need the spirit of god to change you jesus was uneducated mark 6 verse 2 and when the sabbath had come he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Peter was a simple fisherman and became a great disciple. Acts 4 Now, 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Are you spending time with the right source? I mean Jesus of Nazareth. If you're spending time with the right source, Jesus is grace. Jesus is our hope. He'll give you clear direction and guidance in what to do. Family, any of us can feel like life has cheated us. That's why there's a story of Joseph in the Bible. Joseph was the highly favored one. He was the one with a fancy jacket that everybody could see. And his brothers threw him in the pit. But that was that process that he went through that prepared him for greatness. He said to his brothers, don't you come and say, you did this to me. This was the Lord's doing. God is in control of my life. Not situations and circumstances. No pit was in control of my life. No prison was in control of my life. God was in control of my life. God was busy preparing me for great things. And Joseph could move on. If Joseph had not moved on, he would have killed these brothers. If it had an expectation, oh, you threw me in the pit, we'll get even. I'll wait for you. When he got into that power position, that position of power and authority, if God had not dealt with the offense in his heart and the pride in his heart, he would have killed his brothers. But he was at a place because he had moved on. He said, you were not in control of my life. God was in control of my life. Genesis 45 verse 8. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Family, listen to me. Some of you think you cannot move on. You're saying to me, Pastor, you don't know what I've done in the past. It's time to move on away from your past. There's not a sin that Jesus cannot forgive. There's not a sin that Jesus cannot forgive. Ask Paul. Ask Paul. He knew that God was full of grace and mercy, that God is quick to forgive. When we come and we say, Lord, forgive us, he's quick to forgive us. It's time for you to move on. 1 Timothy 1 verse 15. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I can testify that the word is true and deserves to be received by all. For Jesus Christ came into the world to bring sinners back to life, even me, the worst sinner of all. Yet I was captured by grace so that Jesus Christ could display through me the outpouring of His Spirit as a pattern to be seen for all those who would believe in Him for eternal life. Family, listen to me. Your success is walking with the Holy Spirit. Your success is walking with the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. Let me give you this testimony. And you can go research it and you'll see it's true. In 2001, 2002, my son was born premature. We had, Janan was born in 2000. I had medical, because he was born premature, we had medical expenses in those days of 280,000 rand which I couldn't pay. The medical didn't want to pay it. I was a pastor in those days. I had to resign and to go and work again. I moved from Bloemfontein to Pretoria and started working again. I said to God, help me and show me what I can do. I want to help people because I've been a pastor. Just because I was not working at a church anymore, I didn't stop being a pastor. I still wanted to help people. So I said, Lord, what can I do to help people? So the Lord dropped something big in my heart. He says, why don't you give a house away? I said, a house away? Okay, let's give a house away. Let's furnish the house. I said, okay. Let's give some food vouchers away. Okay, Lord, let's do it. Okay, how am I going to do it, Lord? Okay, call the Soweto newspaper. And make an arrangement with them do it with them. You're going to do it with them. I said, okay. So I called them and I got an appointment lo and behold. We did the competition. We did give a house away. I'm, I'm now gave the house away, fully furnished everything. What I wanted to tell you is the lady that I dealt with afterwards, she was born again. She said to me, I want to tell you something. The day you called And left a message. We were having a meeting. Discussing and saying. Let's do something big. Let's do something different. Let's give a house away. And the Lord dropped that in my heart. And I called them. They were saying. Who's this white guy that's doing business with a Sowetan? Let me just say it straight. But because God had dropped that thing in my heart. Then advertising agencies wanted to employ me. They say, come and teach us. I said, I don't know what to tell your people. It's just the grace of God. They say, no, really. Be honest now. Tell us how you did it. I said, it's the grace of God. The Lord just dropped that thing in my heart at the right time when they were having a meeting saying, let's do it. That's walking with the Holy Spirit. And we gave our house away. Fully furnished. He can pay vouchers, and of course I did some PSL soccer jerseys as well, just for the men. Amen. (laughs) And it was just the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'd never done anything like that, but it was the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling this to give you hope. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. God knows what's going on wherever. He can put you in a taxi next to somebody that's busy with a big deal. You think, no, guys that do big deals won't find in a taxi. He can have a flat tire or his car doesn't start and he has to get to a big meeting and he has to jump in there and God just puts you there at that time. I'm telling you now. Or you say, okay, sir, you can jump in here, I'll wait. And he says, give me your number. And he calls, he says, just because you helped me, I want to help you. You'll never know what you are doing, who you are helping and impacting. If you're a hard worker, somebody somewhere will notice you. But if you are lazy, people will also notice you. I've many times helped people when I see. okay, I can see you're really a hard worker. Then I say, I want to put your hard work to the test and see if you were just doing it when I was here or if you'll do it if I'm not here. Because if you do it when I'm around, you're doing it from here. But if you're doing it when I'm not here, you're doing it from here. That's hard. That's what you want. Amen. Do you want your wife just to say, I love you when she sees you? No. You want to know she loves you more when you don't see her. And vice versa. Amen? Not just say, I love you, lovey. You're so good. No. Then it's heart. Then it's become a part of that person. Let me close. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis 19, verse 22 hurry. Escape there. For I cannot do anything until you arrive there. It's time for you to move on. That whole situation is about Sodom and Gomorrah. Let go of the Sodom and Gomorrah in your life. The same instruction was given to the whole family. But it was Lot's wife when she looked back at what she was giving up. Oh, my wonderful house, and all my friends, and all my wonderful things in the house that I have to leave behind. Oh, Lord, to follow you and to go where you want me to go at such a sacrifice. I'm going to miss those things. And as she turned back, she turned into a salt pillar. Those things of the world does not compare with Christ. Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 12, He says, not that I've already attained it. He says, I've not arrived yet. But the one thing I've realized, I have to put those things behind me. It's not me that got hold of God, but God got hold of me and he's lifted me up. And I'm keeping my eyes on that price. Let go of the past. When you look at those disappointments, the things from the past, it will keep you back. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the destiny that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run th- straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Can you imagine? He had to focus the whole time on all the Christians that he had killed. If he had to focus on all the Christians he had killed, how would he be able to make more Christians? But he said, those things that are behind me, I leave it there. It's in my past. He says, God got a hold of me, and I'm moving forward. It's time. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. It's so hard so when people get stuck like a record on one little thing over and over. But you said this. And you did this. Surely you've also said things. And you've also done things. Ecclesiastes says don't take everything to heart. People have said about you. Because you yourself have also said things about those people. That's the word cutting both ways. But you don't know what they said about me. But what have you said about them? No, no, we're not talking about We're talking about what they said about me. It's all about me now. No, no, no. It's all about Jesus. God says, I cannot do what I want to do. Hurry up and get to the place where I want you to be. It's time to move on. God wants to advance many of your careers. God wants to advance and improve your marriages. But you haven't moved on from things in the past. You've done this. I want to close with this with expectations. God has challenged me as a Christian. We have to be aware and feel what people are feeling. If I don't get it right at home, I will not get it right here. Because he says, if you want to be an elder... Do it right at home and you'll do it. So I've been listening to expectations. If you just listen, you'll hear expectations. Don't go make demands on your family. You know, as a husband, I'm the head of the house. So I can use scripture very easily to make demands. But the same scripture says that Jesus, who's the head of the church, and my head came and laid down his life to serve. So it cuts two ways now again. But I've heard them now. They talk about this thing that they really, when I do this one thing, it makes them very happy. And they want me to do it more and more. I'm thinking, do it more. Now I'm processing. I do it no more. Why are you expecting more of me? I should be expecting more of you. Isn't that the way a man should talk? Men should, well, women will just now, but men talk, have talked like this. Amen? But now the divine nature. I said, okay, Lord. Let me see if I can make them more happy. And I've purposed in my heart and I said, okay, this one thing, it makes my wife happy and my son happy and my daughter happy. And sometimes even other people that are also there, it makes them also happy. So I said, okay, I will do that one thing. It's not too difficult. I think I can make time to do it. And I'm fulfilling an expectation that somebody has and it's making them happy. Because in our lives, we are here blessed to be a blessing. Blessing. We should do things that make other people happy. Sometimes it's the small things that have an extraordinary effect in the spirit. Amen? Small little things that makes your family happy. Go find out what is that expectation. I want to talk to men. Maybe she wants something else. Maybe she wants you to clean all the shoes in the house. Or maybe she wants you to wash the pots in the house. See, now it's very quiet. (laughs) You know what? I can thank God for that example that I have in my parents. My mom always used to make food, but my dad, I always saw my dad washing the dishes, helping in the house. Amen. So as men, let's get involved and do our part. Amen. You'll be amazing how happy it makes a wife when you do small things like that. The big thing is, the big thing is, I'm closing with this. If you want to move on, when you do things like that, you move on. Good attitude. If you now come and say, yes, am I not always the one praying for you? If you do that, you're pulling up the handbrake, putting it in reverse, and you're going back three steps. It's about your heart. Amen. When you do things, don't throw it back into their face. Amen. Let's make our families happy. Let's help each other here in the church. Here, what are those expectations? And if we can meet those expectations, let's fulfill it. Remember, people come to church because they have an expectation. Either to get delivered or to get healed or for breakthrough. Maybe if you've got all those things, you're coming because you want to be educated in the things of the Lord. You want to be discipled. So every person that comes here has an expectation. And by the grace of God, let's see if we can meet those expectations that people don't get offended. Because a brother offended is harder to win back than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a castle. Let us not be the ones to cause offense. Let us be instruments to keep offense away from people's hearts. Seal up. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.